the drive to go further and reach higher. The same thing that inspires you, inspires us. At Strayer University, we're always searching for new ways to make education more affordable. That's why we offer access to up to 10 no-cost gen ed courses to help you save time and money so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. No-cost gen ed provided by Strayer University affiliates of Field Learning. Eligibility rules apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEF. Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Caitlin Mendoza about her wedding at the Wedding Pavilion with a reception at California Grill. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how she chose these locations and how she planned everything and how it all turned out. So welcome, Caitlin. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I would love to start at the very beginning and find out how you guys decided that you wanted to have a Disney wedding. So I don't totally remember this, but my mom says that one of our first Disney vacations, we were on the monorail and passing by the Grim Flow, and we saw a bride coming out on the horse and carriage. And apparently I was like, that's my dream. That's everything I want. And so Disney weddings were always kind of on my heart. And then when I met my now husband, he got brought into the Disney crazy that is our entire family. (laughs) And thankfully, when we got engaged and talking about wedding venues, I brought up the idea of like, hey, what if we did get married at Disney? And he was just like, okay, sounds magical. Let's do it. So it was a really easy decision. (laughs) That's wonderful. So how did your friends and family react when they found out where the wedding was going to be? Probably your family was not surprised. (laughs) Not at all. His, I think, was a little bit, I wouldn't say surprised. I think they just were surprised that he was even getting married in the first place, probably. We're not super young, but we're definitely, you know, younger than most when they get married. We're 24 and 25 when we got married. And his family, honestly, they're from all over, not just the U.S., but some of his family's in Mexico. So he has family in California, New York, Florida, Mexico, all over the board. And so they were excited, definitely had some figure it out. Like, I don't know how we're going to make it there, but everybody was pretty much decided that they were going to do whatever they could to get there. And most of them did. So it ended up being really fun just to have so many different people and uh, people that we haven't seen in years, like his mom hadn't seen her father because he was in Mexico in over 20 years. So it was like a big family reunion for them. Wow, that's fantastic. So how many guests did you invite and how many were able to make that trip? We started by inviting and expecting about 35 to 45. My mom, love her so much. She has never met a stranger. We ended up having 65 people at our wedding. So 
she just kept inviting honestly I felt like strangers <laughs> she went on a Disney cruise and invited her cruise mates um, she got a new job invited co-workers I actually met somebody through a Disney board and I invited them because her daughter had a really cool story similar to mine so we ended up having 65 out of the 35 that we invited but it was such a blast everybody who was there was just good, fun people. So it worked out awesome. <laughs> That's so great. Now, did you guys choose to set up a room block? We did. We had Pop Century as our lower tier, and we had the Grand Floridian as our higher. I don't remember what our midpoint was, but my mom and I at the time were both cast members. So we got a lot of cast member discounts and had friends and family take advantage of that. So we didn't use a ton of our room blocks, but Pop Century and the Grand Floridian were the two main ones. I see. Okay. How did you choose the day of the week and time of day for your wedding? Well, my mom's a teacher, so that week was her spring break. And so she said, you can pick any one of these days and I'll pay. (laughs) So we looked at those. I was like, you know, it'd be so fun. Let's get married on Friday the 13th. And my now husband totally shot that down. He was like, what is wrong with you? No way. <laughs> so we ended up picking Tuesday, March 10th. So 1020, which is really easy to remember. That's great. How did you choose your ceremony and reception venues? It sounds like the wedding pavilion was a foregone conclusion. Yep. Yeah, we did not even look at other venues. We honestly, it was like, that's just what's been on like the Pinterest dream board since I was however old. And then California Grill, we just love the views. And my big thing is I wanted to have a wedding at Disney, but not necessarily a Disney wedding. Like I didn't want it to at any point seem childish or too outlandish. I didn't want to look back on pictures, you know, 20 years into the future and be like, oh my gosh, what in the world were we thinking? So California Grill was kind of that mix of just beautiful and amazing and gorgeous, but has the Disney touches of like being able to see the Magic Kingdom from the windows and and things like that. So that's kind of how we chose those two. Great. Did you use any outside vendors for your event? Yes, tons. And I know I couldn't name all of them, but probably most important, we had outside vendors for photography and videography. We used Snaps by Esso. They're Florida-based, but they don't do a lot of Disney weddings because nobody knows about them. So Snaps by Esso did our photography. They were incredible. We got like 1,500 photos back, but we also had 15 hours of photography and videography with two photographers and two videographers. Um, So our videographers were the Polk Bros Entertainment. They were also amazing. We used Catherine T. Amundi for our officiant. We had Laurel Reynolds Artistry do not just my hair and makeup, but tons of my ladies' hair and makeup. We had Jen specifically was our artist. We used Carolyn Allen's. I mailed, I had three dresses, so I mailed a third one and she cleaned it and steamed it and delivered it to my hotel. We had Christy Fay from the Disbrides board did our family's floral so that they could keep their corsages and boutonnieres and stuff. And then we had Skyline Transportation. They did a bus and a van for us on the day of, so it made us traveling and our guests traveling super, super smooth. 
That's fantastic. It's so great to hear that you were able to incorporate so many outside vendors. How did you decide to go with outside vendors for so many things? Honestly, I love Disney, but their communication, as a lot of current Disney brides know, is just less than amazing. They are definitely slower to communicate things. And I I like to say that I have high standards. My husband would probably say high maintenance, but <laughs> I just know what I want and I'm really specific about it. I knew my vision for the day and I, I found outside vendors that just fit that vision a little better than maybe Disney supplied people. And not that the Disney people aren't amazing and wonderful. It just wasn't what I wanted. Because like I said, I wanted a wedding at Disney. I didn't want a Disney wedding. I still wanted everything to look super just sleek and professional and beautiful. And those vendors fit a lot of that. That's fantastic. Did you guys add any kind of entertainment to the reception? We did. We had a DJ. We did use him. You have to at California Grill use a DJ through Disney. His name was Vitor. He was super fun. He was bilingual, which is why we chose him. His Julio's, Julio, my husband's family only speaks Spanish. And he was just a blast. He kept the party going, even with our very, you know, like I said, particular taste in things like music. We also had, I think this was entertainment. We had a Polaroid guest book, which provided, honestly, hours of entertainment for everybody. It was hilarious to see people's pictures. And then we had Mickey and Donald come to the wedding. Oh, that's fantastic. Did you pick special outfits for them? Yes, actually. And it's the only time these outfits have been used for a wedding. I had to fight for these. I worked at Disney World back in 2015. I did my Disney college program there and I worked costuming. So I've seen all of, you know, all the Fab Fives outfits in Magic Kingdom. And I, I knew specifically I wanted these, um, they're called their Glitz costumes. It's from the old, old, old castle show. And I, I told my planner, I said, I want their Glitz outfits. They're the full-on sequin jackets, and they are so fun and fabulous. And she fought really hard and got them for me, so they were beautiful. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Do you have any menu items or cake flavors that you can recommend? Yes, a thousand. We made so many changes to our menu. My poor planner, Pamela, was probably so tired of getting emails from myself and my mom. But probably, I, I would say my top ones. At our reception, we swapped regular waffles for Mickey waffles with the chicken and waffles, which was so cute. And we did truffle mac and cheese, and we basically changed, like, the entire menu there. And it was totally the right choice. Everything fit our family and our needs perfectly. For cake, I think we had the absolute best flavors. We had a Dole Whip cake, which was Funfetti cake with tropical mousse. And we had a churro cake, so the almond cake with churro frosting. And then at the welcome party, we had the Desert Violet Lemonade from flower and garden which was delicious and then we had the ice cream cart and we had a dessert party and there that was the best food ever we had pot de creme we had mickey pretzels churros we had them freshly make rice crispy treats in the shape of mickey and we had champagne jello with fruit and it was all incredible i ate way too much <laughs> okay before we talk about the dessert party and the welcome party 
with California Grill, they make you use their set menus. So can you tell me a little bit about how you were able to customize within the menus that they have? Yeah. So basically, our planner, Pamela, told us we could always request certain changes. So we couldn't just say, hey, scrap the menu. Here's the menu we want. But we could take it and say, you know, instead of regular waffles, we want Mickey-shaped waffles. And they had to approve that change. And then we would say, can we scrap the, I think we scrapped the bagels and we substituted muffins or something. Um, And then we said, you know, can we swap out the whatever is pork belly or sausage or whatever the meat is? Can we swap that out for another salad? And I think they were really accommodating, especially because we have a lot of vegetarians and people who have food allergies and things like that. And we just made it really clear. We wanted that entire menu to fit our guests. And we didn't want anything to be wasted or go untouched. And really, they were super accommodating. It did take a long time to get answers because your planner has to communicate with the chefs and make sure everything's going to be in season and possible and and everybody knows how to cook those things. But they made a ton of changes for us and it ended up being super delicious. That's so great to hear. Now, can you tell my listeners a little bit about your welcome party and your dessert party? Of course, yeah. So we had a welcome party at, where did we, we change the venue 30,000 times. We, we actually took the welcome party off, added it back, took it off, added it back. We just couldn't decide if it fit into our day, but we really wanted that experience for our guests. So we ended up having it along the beach, right in between the wedding pavilion and the Polynesian. Um, So it's that that beach. It was officially at the Polynesian, but it was right next to the pavilion, which was super cute. We had basically luau-themed food and drinks. Our florist provided lays, which were super cute for our guests, and it ended up being a total blast. And then we had our fireworks dessert party that day at UK Lockside, and they actually gave us both tiers because our guest count went above what we were expecting it to. That was super fun. We just, like I said, crowded that thing with a ton of desserts. We had a blast. Our guests actually got to see the new Epcot Forever fireworks show, which was super magical. And ended up being just like the great, a great ending to our day. And we also, that night, we were trying to do a ride mix in. And it was supposed to be a surprise for my husband. And we ended up, we tried probably five or six times and couldn't get it approved But our planner, Pamela, actually let us, she gave us these little ticket type things. So we ended up getting to stay in the park for extra magic hours after the wedding. So all of our guests got to play in Epcot for like two and a half hours. And it ended up being such a blast. I was exhausted by the end of the day, but it was so worth it because it it was the only time a lot of our guests got to see Epcot at all. So we all rode soaring together and just had a great end of our night. Wow, that is some awesome extra pixie dust. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And for your Luau Beach welcome party, were you also able to see the happily ever after fireworks from there? Did it time out with those? So we originally thought we were going to do fireworks there. And then we just kept looking at the timeline. 
And it didn't really make sense for our party. We didn't really care to see both. Personally, that's not my favorite view of the fireworks. And so we bumped our our luau up and ended up having it kind of at a, a strange early time frame. We got special circumstances to, to move it up. So I think we did it from 5.30 to 7.30. That way, once that time slot was over, our guests, for the most part, went into Magic Kingdom to watch the fireworks with the best view. Um, most of them had park tickets or we had cast member tickets and could get them in. So we didn't watch it from there just because preferences and you know us being really particular. But we had a blast and we got to watch the sunset on the beach, which was super beautiful. That's wonderful. Can you give my listeners a timeline of how the wedding day ran? Yes. So this timeline, I've heard scares some people. I started hair and makeup at 2.30. And so my wake-up call was quite early. Thankfully, two of my bridesmaids were early risers. So even though we all woke up that early, they started. And then about seven, our photographers and videographers came. We got dressed. My husband and I did a first prayer around 9 a.m. And then we had our ceremony at 9.30. So we got to arrange uh, not a first look. We didn't see each other. We just prayed together. And then after the ceremony, guests went on to the pre-reception. And then our reception was about 10.30 to 2.30. We kicked everybody out at 2.30 And my husband and I did a last dance, just the two of us and then the DJ and photographers and stuff. And we ended up switching resorts and we got redressed for a fun little photo shoot around the boardwalk around six. And then we had our Epcot dessert party, 8.30 to 10.30, and then stayed and played till like 12.30. So it was a full 24-hour marathon for us (laughs) by the time we got back in and jammies on and went to bed. Wow. Okay. I have to ask then, did you get up early for a Magic Kingdom portrait session the next day? (laughs) No, we got up early to play in the parks with our family that day, though. (laughs) So (laughs) no photo shoot that day. There was a whole slew of problems with our photo shoot. We ended up pushing it back, which I'm grateful for that. But yeah, we got up early and went and played in the parks with our family, which was just, it was worth the tiredness and the aching feet and everything. (laughs) So when you were planning, what were the most important aspects where you focused your attention or your budget? I think for us, number, number one, like top everything, like this was probably the decision maker for us, was our guest experiences. As weird as it sounds, like the day wasn't, it was our day, but it wasn't about us. It was about so much more than that. It was about our families coming together You know, I mentioned earlier, his family got to come from Mexico. They hadn't seen each other in like 20 years. I had family who had never been to Disney, probably never will go again. And so for us, a lot of our budget went into like, I am a gifts person. I love to give presents. My bridesmaids were overwhelmed by the amount of just presents I gave. But things like welcome bags, characters were a big thing. Having a magical officiant was part of that. The welcome and the dessert parties. I ended up paying for the entire bridal party. I didn't want any stress on them. I didn't want anything like that. I wanted the day just to be a good, fun experience. And then my mom's thing in experience was 
food. She didn't care about anything except for food. (laughs) I think probably next most important was photography and videography. We paid an arm and a leg for 15 hours and two photographers and two videographers. For most people, that's like insane. They would never even consider that. But for us, it was so worth it to have just that way of remembering the day. And then I think like last on the list, a ton of our budget and our time went into the little details and things like decor and just making it our wedding instead of some generic wedding that you see on Pinterest. Like we really wanted it to be Julio and Caitlin's wedding. We wanted it to be super important. And for all the people who tell brides, oh, if the little details don't matter, nobody's going to remember those. I think that's a bunch of baloney. I think those (laughs) details are what makes it your wedding. You know, that's what makes it so special. And while I definitely don't want to stress about the little details, they are like really, really important things. Like we had a little hidden shock and Gus Gus on the side of our wedding cake, which was super adorable. And everybody just got such a kick out of that. And just those little things that go into it being a super special day. That's interesting. What other touches did you add? Oh my gosh, so many. (laughs) We had, like a lot of brides do, we had a custom aisle runner. I ended up doing a Disney quote, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. That's kind of my husband and I's like go-to Walt Disney quote. We did a welcome sign. We picked our music that we walked down the aisle to. I walked down to A Million Dreams from The Greatest Showman. Our lights at our dessert party, we did Disney couples and Disney quotes, and one of them was us with a little Walt Disney quote, which was super cute. So our guests had so much fun playing with those and figuring out which one was our lantern. I had things sewn into my dress. I had things like custom made for people. We did all kinds of um, little welcome party details and and just though it's those little things that I think take it from you know just something you'd see on Pinterest to like your wedding where it's unmistakable when you look at those pictures like oh that is so and so's wedding that's not just a nice pretty Pinterest wedding <laughs> that sounds great which aspects were less important where you saved your money or your effort this might sound really weird to a lot of brides for me the thing that was least important were my selfish wants. Like I, I really, when we were planning and like I said in the beginning, you know, when I first knew I wanted a Disney wedding, it was because I saw that, that horse and carriage, it was very Cinderella-esque. But in all honesty, when we were trying to make budget cuts and fit into, you know, we didn't pay for the wedding, our family did. And when we were trying to fit what we wanted into their budget, one of the first things that I cut was the carriage. I just, I looked at it and I said, you know, as amazing and magical as that would be, it's not worth more than a welcome party. It's not worth more than a dessert party. It's not worth more than the characters getting to come because that was the only time some of our guests got to see Mickey. And so I cut the carriage. Actually, one of my grandmas ended up surprising me and buying it anyways. So even though I, I cut it, it ended up showing up, which was a really fun surprise. So what was it like to discover that you actually were going to get to ride in the carriage after all? So I had my suspicions. I, <laughs> I probably a few months before the wedding 
we made budget cuts. And I had asked my mom, like, are you sure we don't want to add the carriage back in? Like, are you sure we can't make it happen? And she was just like, it's just not worth it. We, we can't add it back in. And, and, you know, we weren't paying. So I was like, okay, but there didn't seem to be enough panic in her voice. You know, there wasn't enough fight from what I felt. I was like, that's my mom. She should fight harder for my dreams. Like I don't, that was my selfish moment. I was like, why does she not care? Um, and I obviously, you know, I was just, it, it was a brat moment. And so I let it go. I was like, you know what? It's really not important. There are so many more important things. And that morning, my photographers and my planners were like, hey, you got to come, but we need to go this way. And I'm like, I'm not going that way. They're like, no, 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 you need to walk this way. And I'm like, I don't want photos that way. And they finally were like, Keelan, you don't have a choice. We'll go around the back if you want photos around the back. And I'm like, perfect. So we walk out, we take my photos, and then we round the corner. And at the time, that day, actually, I couldn't sleep the night before. I had eaten way too much food at my welcome party. I was super sick all night. And so I was, you know, just kind of like walking along and pulling myself together. And my my best friend and my bridesmaid just lets out this, like, squeal of excitement. And I look up, and I'm like, oh, it was just, like, I knew but it was just such a relief to see it. And it was just like, this is what the day needed to be magical and complete. And, you know, for those brides who've been in the carriage, they know you hop in, you get like a magical ride around the parking lot, and then it brings you back. But it was so worth the pictures. I got that perfect Cinderella picture, you know, the end of the movie when Cinderella and Prince Charmin are kissing through the carriage. And it's, we got that picture and my photographer sent it to me the next day because she knew that was just the one picture I wanted with the carriage. And it was worth every single dollar that we paid for the photographer and for the carriage. (laughs) (laughs) I think other least important things for me were honestly things like stressing over every, I have, like I said, I have a really, really specific eye for what I want. I had a vision, but at the same time, I didn't want to helicopter every little decision. I wanted to put my trust and my faith in the people that we were paying because that's their job. You know, if my florist said, oh, this would look better. And I was like, I don't know. I trusted her because that's what she's paid to do. You know, and Laura was our florist. She did an incredible job. And so kind of like I know that's that sounds like a weird thing to be less important, but my effort and my stress, I I just trusted the people that we were paying to do the best job that they could do. It worked out great. And then I think the last aspect that was really, really unimportant to me, and I guess all of these kind of sound funny, but for me, who came? I didn't care who came. I didn't want to stress out certain family and make them come out of obligation and then be, you know, grumpy pants on the day of. But I also didn't care if somebody was, you know, some stranger who maybe my mom knew, but I didn't know too well. Or, you know, it was just some college girl with a dream of having a Disney wedding, but we had just met over Instagram. Like if they were excited about a Disney wedding and they wanted to come, by all means, join the party the more the merrier when it, when you're in good spirits and enjoying that magic. And so I honestly did not care who came and who didn't come. It was not worth my stress. <laughs> That's great advice. What ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? 
oh my gosh, a thousand, um, all of them. I don't know, I had so many. Like our last dance was incredible. We did an impromptu photo shoot on the monorail and in the Grand Flow. We got to stay in Epcot and play after. Getting ready, we were in the three-bedroom Grand Lux Villa at the Grand Floridian. So getting ready with all my favorite ladies, riding in the carriage with my best friend before and getting to pray before, hearing a million dreams, like so many. My husband and I got to just be goofy and pretend to be models all day. And I ended up having to do a quick change at my dessert party out of my third dress and into like a weird skirt sweatshirt combo. But honestly, like I think probably I have two favorites. So my grandpa basically raised me. He is just aside from my husband, probably the most important man in my life. And he has, in all the times that my mom and I have come to Disney, he's never come and he's never cared to. He says he took his daughters to Disney when he was, when they were like babies, but nobody remembers that. So we think he's kind of making that up. (laughs) Um, But my, one of, one of my two favorite moments ended up, he stayed and played in the park with us after and he kept saying, oh, I'll come, but I'm not I'm not going to do anything. And I'm like, okay, okay. And he was like, oh, I'll come, but I'm not riding any rides. And I finally convinced him to get on Soarin' with me. I'm like, B, it's my wedding day. You have to. It's the one thing I want. Like, please come. And he finally caved and he got on Soarin'. And just to see his face just light up and just to hear him giggle. And, you know, he's he's not some spring chicken, you know, and, and just to see him enjoy it and hear him after say, I understand now why you and mom come all the time and why you wanted your wedding here was such a, such a cool experience. Wow. And then I think number two was actually the next day. Um, my husband and I woke up and we were like, was that even real? Like, did that just happen? And it was just such a magical day. And, you know, not that everything went perfect, but it was it was magical. And that's that's all we wanted was to have just an incredible day with our friends and family. And when we finally got our pictures back later, because we came home to a quarantine, um, we got our pictures and videos back and we were like, oh, my gosh, that day was real. It did happen. Like it really existed. (laughs) (laughs) So did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? If it did, nobody told. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Of course, things always go wrong. You know, life is life. You're dealing with people and people are not robots. Honestly, I think the biggest thing that went wrong was actually our parks photo shoot. There was just a whole, whole bunch of problems with this. About two weeks Uh, maybe three weeks before the wedding, we had reached out to Pamela, our planner, and we said, hey, Pamela, who's our photographer, we still haven't heard back. And she's like, oh, well, sometimes with the park photo shoot, you don't hear back until really close to time. And so we were like, okay, no big deal. And then about a week before, we're like, hey, we should really know who this is. Like, we want to talk to them because, like I said, particular tastes. I I got high standards. And she was finally like, oh, oh, here it is. It's this lady. Her name's Emily. She works with Disney Fine Arts Photography, but she's not full time. So I think she's basically like commission based or they bring her in. Basically what I was hearing was they bring this lady in when there's not any availability with our regular photographers. 
So I already have concerns. And then we're talking to Pamela and she's like, okay, yeah. And the countries that you want to do in Epcot are unavailable. Mm. I'm like, well, that's not going to work then. We can't, that's not going to happen. We can't do a parks photo shoot and just like randomly pick some other countries in Epcot to do it. That's not cool. And so we ended up the week before we had to reschedule our parks photo shoot. So I was back and forth with Disney fine arts photography for about two days. Finally, thankfully, we were leaving late enough on our last day that we could do the photo shoot that morning because none of the other days were available except for the days before our wedding, which my husband, God love him, he's more traditional than I expected him to be, didn't want to see me in the wedding dress before the day of, which is fine. I was like, well, I have three dresses. I can just wear one and not show you the other. But he was like, no, we definitely want to save that. So we ended up doing it the day that we left, which is Saturday morning. Then a couple days before we got an email saying our time got moved up, which was fine. It just meant it was going to be pitch black in Magic Kingdom. And then we didn't get any of our requested photographers. Like I said, we got some outside one and she did a fine job. But after we got the photos back, you could tell she just didn't have the experience that a normal Disney fine arts photographer does. And my main photographer for our day of sent me almost 1500 photos and I deleted maybe 30 of them because either me or my husband had some ridiculous face going on. And I only got 200 photos back from Disney Fine Art Photography, and I deleted 75 of them, which is so heartbreaking because they are just unattractive. They're not what we wanted. There are things like I'm making a face where I told her, hey, this face isn't flattering on me. I don't want to make it. And she said, oh, no, it'll look good. And there's one where I'm even like, I have a hand in my dress. I'm adjusting like my undercarriage in my <laughs> dress. And she sent us that picture. I was just a little taken aback. It was not magical. I am currently, it has not been resolved yet. I am currently in contact with Disney Fine Art Photography. But in all of this, you know, we came home to a quarantine. We should have had our photos 10 to 12 weeks later, but on the 12th week, everybody at Disney got furloughed. So we didn't get them back. Our wedding was March 10th. We just got our photos back July 7th or July 10th, which is ridiculous. So, and a whole slew of things that was, you know, our day of couldn't have been more perfect, but that Farks photo shoot, we paid just as much for that as we did our two photographers for the day of, and it was totally just not not magical. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Now, was there anything that seemed like a big deal beforehand and then it turned out not to be? Yeah. The timeline of the day, (laughs) again, just, I am super particular. I kind of, I've been a dancer my whole life. So I've done probably 30,000 recitals and I kept telling my planner, this is just the biggest recital of my life. And I was trying to explain this mindset to her and she didn't, I don't think she quite understood because most people who, you know, their wedding day is just the day they want to be a princess. But for me, it was all, it was a really big show. And I was, I couldn't have been more excited to think of it like that. Literally, I got to play dress up in three different Haley Page dresses. It was amazing. It was magical. It was the biggest recital of my life. 
so I had a really specific timetable. I knew that I didn't want to do the first dance until we were opening the dance floor. I knew that I wanted to cut the cake and then Mickey and Donald come out and then we do the first dance and then we do this and that and this. And so I had really um, apparently bizarre requests for my timeline of like how the whole day went. And my planner kind of stressed me out about it because she was making it sound unattainable, which I totally get from her side. She's trying to coordinate 10,000 things and then have my very specific taste on top of that. And I totally understood. But you know what? It ended up being perfect. And if anything went wrong, it went unnoticed by me and my guests. And my planner ended up after telling me that that was one of the smoothest weddings that she's ever had. And I was like, you're welcome for the new timeline structure. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I, I hope she never has to deal with that again. But um, she did say it went really smooth. So <laughs> That's wonderful. Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? Yeah, I would have fought so much harder for a different park photographer. It just that really was a huge, really the only letdown of our entire week was that. And I knew as soon as they gave me her name, I looked her up on Instagram and she has beautiful photos, but it was just totally not my style. And, and I get that there are different tastes for different people. And that's why, you know, you need to have an abundance of photographers because what might work for, you know, you may not work for me and what works for me may not work for another bride. And I just, I wish I had fought harder for that. She was a great and wonderful photographer, and I, I can tell she fits a lot of people's needs, but it just totally wasn't what we wanted. Outside of that, honestly, there's not a whole lot I would have changed. I think there was, it was definitely a learning experience, like anything is, but I loved how everything turned out. I thought it all went really well. If there was one thing I could magically change, it would be to know that we were going to enter a pandemic upon returning. Um, because literally the quarantine and the Disney park shutting down and everything were announced while we were there at Disney. And so it was just kind of a crazy ride getting home, but everything was so great that there's probably not a whole lot I would have done differently, if anything. Got it. Okay. Do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney couples? Oh my gosh, of course. I think... Probably a really important one is just to trust the people that you're paying. Obviously, stand firm in the things that are like super important to you, but trust the people that you're paying. And then also with that, don't trust the people that you're not paying. It's not their day. So why should they get a say? You know, I think so many brides especially stress themselves out by trying to get every little person's input. And it doesn't matter. You know, at the end of the day, the day is for you to make decisions with who you trust. And for most people, that's not everybody. I think also the little things, I said this earlier, but the little things do matter, you know? And I think those are what make makes your day unique. Obviously, on the day of, put somebody else in charge and just have peace of mind knowing that the day is meant for you and your loved ones to enjoy themselves, not to stress out. But the details matter beforehand it's not so much matter that it should stress you out, but otherwise it's just, you know, some generic wedding. Just like I remember I, even with three different wedding dresses, I still made customizations to all of them 
because even though it was a Haley Page dress, I didn't want it to look like every single other dress out there. I wanted it to look like Caitlin's dress. You know, I wanted it to be special. And then my absolute biggest piece of advice, and this is something I'm so extremely grateful that my best friend is just one of the best humans I know, and I didn't have to ask her this, but elect a person to check in on your mental stability throughout the whole process, not just on the day of, the whole process. I think that with that, you have to be really transparent with yourself and with everybody else of your expectations when it comes to things like attitudes on day of and assistance day of, because I'm one of those people, if 30,000 people are asking me, you know, what can, what can I do? How can I help? What can I do? How can I help? I'm like, you can sit down and be quiet because this is stressing me out. But thankfully, my best friend just, she knew exactly what what needed to be where. She knew how she could best help. She really helped me set the tone of the morning too, which I think is what made our day so magical. We woke up, we prayed, we put the diffusers on. We put, I had made a playlist beforehand and it was just like good, upbeat, chill, pleasant music. And everybody who came in just knew like, okay, this is the tone. This is the environment. We're going to copy this. So nobody was panicking. Nobody was stressed out. Nobody was crazy. And part of that is just knowing your, I guess, triggers is the best way to say it and putting a stop to them before they happen. Because not just the day of, the whole planning process can be so overwhelming, but having that one person, and maybe it's your spouse. For me, my husband and I, we're, we're so similar that it's amazing because we get along super well, but we definitely butt heads. Um, we're both highly opinionated, highly driven. And so I needed my best friend to kind of just check in, be my, my stabilizer, make sure I was good, make sure that I wasn't driving myself too crazy because at the end of the day, it's one day. It's about the marriage. It's not about the wedding day. It's super important, but it doesn't need to be, you know, your your last hurrah and you spend all of your emotional and mental energy on it. You know, spend a healthy amount, but know that there's still more to life after that day of. And my best friend was just that, that perfect little just check in the entire process and the day of for me. That's wonderful. Well, Caitlin, I think you've offered a lot of great tips and advice for anyone who's interested in having a Disney wedding at Walt Disney World, and I appreciate your taking the time. Of course. Yes, I hope I said things of value and things that will help other brides because I know how much your podcasts were helpful for me and my my entire planning crew during the process. (laughs) That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com. 